From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey guys, we're back with our first podcast of 2015. Cannot believe that it is 2015 already. I'm sure many of you feel the same. You're shot hard, hasn't it? Yeah, seriously. Here we are. We missed last week, as you probably noticed. We missed uh, the uh, just before the first of the year. That was our holiday break. But we are back, and we'll be consistently here on Tuesdays. So here we are with car debates. And tonight we're actually covering three. They're all kind of random, but we think they're fairly straightforward. So we're going to do three tonight, car debates. Uh, we've got uh, Michael in Seattle. He is looking at those oddball kind of half trucks, the uh, the mm. F uh, the F one fifty. What did they call that thing? The the sport track. He's looking at that and the Avalanche. That's kind of uh, atypical. So we're looking forward to talking about that. We've also got John in Arizona is looking at a car. I, I hate to say it this way, but John wants a poser car. He wants a car. He does. He wants a car. He's because he's got a few cars. You, you've got to explain here just as far as what what that he, means. He wants a car with parking lot presence. He wants a car that has just kind of got just attitude more than he's looking for great driving experience. He's got other cars. Which I love. That's unlike many requests that we get. It's an interesting oddball because he's got, you know, he's got like a Focus and he's got a a GTI. So he's got some fun little cars. He's looking for a car with just kind of baller presence. So we're going to talk about that as well. And we've got Tom in New York is asking the question. Great question, by the way, Tom. Is there an enthusiast hybrid car? Well, now you're asking for a unicorn, but we're going to get back <laughs> to Tom as well. Yes, but first, we're going to talk a little bit about the naming convention that a lot of car makers are switching with or going with. I've got a Peruvian friend who likes to pronounce Cadillac's Escalade as Escalade, and you know, if you use a Spanish <laughs> accent, it just it just sounds so so much better. But you know yes. what's funny is to note about Infinity. I have another friend uh, whom you know, Todd. Uh, he's kind of banging on about how Infinity's going to cue everything, and it's so confusing. And yeah. I have to admit, I kind of agree. You know, the Q50 mm-hmm. and the Q70, and what is the the narwhal thing that I I don't even know what that giant SUV is that they make, but it's yes, another. And it Q, does. It looks so. <laughs> it looks like a narwhal. That's the only. Every time it I see is, one, I just think that's a narwhal, and I can't believe giant that that's. I mean, and ugly. where. Where was that piece of, of uh, information in the back of my brain that a narwhale even existed? But I saw one of those the first time and went, that looks like a narwhale, which oh I don't think, I think I've, I've thought of that animal in decades. But yet it came up as soon as I saw that car, whatever that <laughs> means. Well, yeah, said. that's the thing. You know, Q, Q used to, I mean, pardon me, Infinity used to be the G series, you know, the G35. Yeah. We reviewed that car. The G37, we reviewed that car. I feel like people were just getting used to the G was the BMW competitor. Now, do and they now have any the G's left? No, I the G's are gone. Any. No, and kidding. that's the thing is they yeah. also went from the 37s to the 50s. I, right? Come on, guys. I mean, I have to say, I, I I wasn't sure about the current Q50, which is, I mean, again, we're talking about the names changing. That is the BMW 3 Series competitor is the Q50. I wasn't sure about that styling until recently I saw one on the move, and that car in the wild actually looks great. I don't know about a lot of Infinity styling, but that car looks great. But that's that's the thing. I, I feel like all these car makers, Porsche is another one we've talked about. Porsche, this yeah. is a rumor still, but Porsche is talking about, okay, they have their 918 supercar. They have their 911 that everyone knows. The, the rumor is they're going to change the Cayman, which I feel like is a car people are just now starting to know, to the 718. 
Well, you know, it, on the it, other hand, Porsche's ubiquitous car is the 911. It's never had a yeah. straight name, and it True. seemed weird at first for them to come up out with an SUV that had a name, and it was this, you know, spicy hot pepper, and nobody knew what to do with it, and yeah. so now we got used to Porsche with all these names, and if if there's any car company that could get away with it and kind of go back to numbers, because, you know, a lot of the Porsche guys refer to, just like, you know, BMW or whatever, they refer to those models as... You know, my Cayman is like the 987, and so if you're a yeah. Porsche geek, you instantly know which model that is. But you know, but that's it's, but, but I think you've, you've struck I could go on back what on is. That. I see it, but I but I think you've struck on what is for me the whole problem with everybody. I feel like everybody's doing this. The Germans, by and large, have done numbers forever. Yeah, okay. They have. BMW yeah. is just going back. BMWs have been numbers. They've always been numbers. And they've done numbers forever. And of course, yeah, Mercedes has got the S class and that kind of thing. But then it's the, what's the number after the letter? I mean, they've never really been a named cars with names. It's been an American phenomenon or even a Japanese phenomenon as the Japanese kind of wanted to sell in this market. But but here's the thing. I feel like everybody now is following the German lead of let's just do a string of letters and numbers. And my problem mm -hmm. is unless you're a geek, you have no idea what car anybody's talking about. Mm -hmm. you, you know, have to be a geek to get it. A lot of you, well, for a long time, um, it was always American car manufacturers that named their car a thing. I mean, we've got the example of the Hellcat. I mean, what a cool yeah. name yeah. for this Agreed. cool car. And people go, what is that you guys drove? I mean, it's mm -hmm. really cool. Of course, the ubiquitous Mustang, the Corvette. Of course, you can sneak in Camry and Accord. It's not a model, you know, alphanumeric designation. So it's not exciting, but here's the thing. All of those cars, you you talk to a person who's not really a car person, and you say Corvette. You they're going to know kind of what you mean. Yeah. You're going to say C7 to that same person. They're going to be like, I, you lost me. I don't know what a C7 is. Now, any car person knows, oh, C7, I get it. But if you even sure. say Stingray, most people will get it. I think now you say Hellcat to somebody, somebody's going to be like, what kind of car is that? And they're going to remember <laughs> right. when you tell them it's a Hellcat. And right. I, I realize, look. Obviously, we're talking to people that know cars. We live in a world of people that know cars. My wife has gotten to the point where she knows cars. I get that. But at the same time, most people aren't that geeky. And a string of numbers and letters I don't think is memorable. But you say Hellcat, mm -hmm. you're going to remember Hellcat. I mean, and I like the fact that Porsche went to names. I mean, even whether you I like agree. it or hate it, I like the name Panamera. It's named after the mm -hmm. Panamericana you yes. know, race, and it has history with Porsche. I like that they mm -hmm. went that way, and I'm actually kind of bummed that they're going back to numbers in a sense. You know, I liked the Carrera GT. It's just so simple and clean and, you know, so I much connotation, you, build, you know? I think you build more recognizable cars when they are named something. You know, just yeah. like, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like, what if people were all, all numbers? You know what I mean? It's just, it. if we're going to humanize the car, let's, let's give them names. I mean, the thing about it, Cadillac is the one that amazes me. I realize that Cadillac is remaking themselves, and they're trying to remake their image as uh, a sexy competitor to anything the Germans can create. I get all that, and so I'm sure from a marketing perspective, they said we have to leave our names. But talk about a company with an amazing number of names in their history that have gravitas, and they're just going to walk away and go with all Cs. I think they're keeping the Escalade name, I think is what it, what they've said. But everything yeah. else is going to be like the C, 
four and the C six and the uh, which is okay. Uh, yeah, I, just, I agree with I, it. With you. I don't think it's compelling. That's the thing. I don't, well, that's not fair. It may be compelling. I don't think it's memorable. I think you've got to be mm-hmm. a car geek to know what you're talking about. And if you walk up to somebody that doesn't know cars and you say, "Hey, I was looking at a Corvette, or I'm looking at a Mustang, or heck, I'm looking at a Camry," they know what you're talking about. Right. And you know, I just. I was going to say another car company that has a really rich history of names is Lamborghini, Countach, Diablo, Mm. the new Asterion. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, cool names. And you just want to talk about the cars. Just, you know, what does that name mean in Spanish or Italian? And they've got Mm -hmm. cool names. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, uh, I hope you like that segue. We do have the Lamborghini Countach piece releasing, uh, I think, this week. Is that right? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is out this week. I thought that would make you laugh. (laughs) <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that link, but you're right. Very nice and nicely done. Yes. Well, you're right. I mean, that that's the thing. That that that's known. I mean, the Lancia Stratos, the Lamborghini Mira. Yeah. I mean, cars that I can mention in passing, and people know exactly what we're talking about. You don't have to know cars very well, and you know what that is. When yeah. it's, once it's a list of numbers, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's more forgettable. I the, the, I, I can see that, and I'm kind of bummed. Cadillac's got that rich history of of anybody. It's up there with Ferrari Testarossa yeah. and Lamborghini Countach, and you know the the Eldorado that they had in con- past years, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah, they, what, they had this history you know, you've, of it. You've just hit one of my favorite Cadillac names. I mean, the Eldorado really? used, to be a, used to be a baller car. Oh, And then yeah. it became an enormous joke. What yeah. if the Eldorado was out there kicking the 3 Series ass and was called Eldorado? That's awesome. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, we have the right. Cadillac Cimarron, which actually sounds like – it just sounds like spice, and it's a terrible car. And it's they've had their, And they've had their, yeah. their bad things, definitely. And I know that's what they're trying to get away from. But honestly, what if the Cadillac Eldorado was out there kicking BMW tail? How cool would that be? That How would be cool. How memorable would that be? <laughs> I agree. You know? I hear you anyway, on that. Anyway, Whatever. Whatever we should we should move on because right. we're not gonna we're not gonna change anything. But I just I think it's a little bit sad, and I'm I'm putting it out there. I'd like to have a car with a name, but okay. I mean, whatever. there's it's people whose job it is to think up these contrived names, you know, Asterion mm-hmm. and all these cool oh, yeah, names. Yeah. That's their job. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, and apparently those people are out of out of jobs unless they'd like to figure out a string of numbers. Because so, now it's robots have replaced their job too, and it's just alphanumeric letters and numbers. Awesome. Well, that's the other thing. I'm sorry, one last thing. That's the thing about it. BMW is a great example. BMW's numbers used to mean something. You used to be able to look at the number on the back of a BMW mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I know what engine's in that car. Mm-hmm. Best of luck to you now. Well, those they started numbers, fudging numbers. It was engine displacement exactly. is what it was. And then they started exactly. pushing exactly. the boundaries because the 328, actually, it's a three-liter. Well, what happened yeah. to three a 2.8-liter engine, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't have a connection to anything in the actual – because that was the thing about the BMW numerical system that used to make sense. It was like, okay, you have a three-series with this engine in it, and I can tell by reading the back of your car. Now I have no idea. <laughs> it's not actually connected anymore. And so now you have to be even geekier, if that's a word, to actually look at the number and be like, oh, I know what engine's in that car. Because the, num- the badge doesn't tell you anything. And every, all your friends I, look insane. at you weirdly and they try to instantly disown you. And yeah, we yeah, they, they look at that. me weirdly. They look at me weirdly anyway, but yeah, moving on. So let's go on to car debates. We've got Michael in Seattle, and he asked a question that kind of surprised me. He's put himself in quite a niche. He likes trucks. But he's getting rid of a beat-down blazer with over 200,000 miles on it. And he looks yeah. up in, in uh, the Seattle area, and he's looking for a good four-wheel drive, heavy-duty truck. But he wants that variety 
of, okay, I need it to be able to haul stuff. I need to go out camping. I need to be able to really be hardcore in this truck with serious full-on four-wheel drive. But I also want to have something that's nice to be in and I can Mm -hmm. take my wife out in. And if we have kids, it can be decent. So what he's landed on, and I think this is so interesting, what he's landed on is either the Chevy Avalanche or the Ford Sport Track, which are two idea, two executions of the same idea. It's that, it's that. I hate to say it this way, and I don't mean this to be uh, to shy you away at all, Michael. But these are kind of the mullets of trucks. <laughs> I, I, the, 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 the I'm not a half, real truck, but I play one on TV. No, but but seriously, the front half <laughs> is a four door nice pickup, uh, a nice like SUV, and the back is a mini bed that you can get <laughs> beat down and dirty in the style oh, of a typical, now you got uh, me typical of- truck. You got me thinking of Subaru Brats now. That's like the mold well, of cars. That is. It really is. But but here's the thing. That's I mean, awesome. People obviously don't always look for these. This is a specialized niche of the truck market. But I have to be honest with you. I actually kind of like this specialized world because, you know, they're not for everybody. But I feel like this is no. one of those random marketing exercises that kind of works. But another car you have to throw in here, though, I hate to I hate to, to miss it, is the Honda Ridgeline, which is much yep. reviled a, a, along the world. That's of exactly the car cars. I was going to suggest, Michael. Yeah. I think the Ridgeline. I went searching for those, and I found a boatload of them for seventeen grand in the two thousand seven, two thousand eight yeah. model year. They made them for a long time before a model change, and I think those cars are actually great. I had a friend who owned one, and he he said it was the best built car he's ever driven in, just in terms of squeaks and rattles and build quality yeah. and that kind of thing. He said it was awesome. It's got that lockable trunk in the bed. Mm-hmm. In the and bed. the yeah, tailgate, yeah. it can fold down or it can swing open. I mean, they put a lot of thought into, you know, specialty, you know, here's all the things it can do. It's a Swiss mm-hmm. Army knife of mm-hmm. trucks kind of thing. So therefore, it doesn't work, as you said, it doesn't work for everyone. But I think yeah. those ridge lines are really cool, and they're seventeen grand, four wheel drive, well built. It's a Honda. I I think couple, you can't yeah. go wrong with that. I think that's interesting. There's a couple other side notes we should mention here. Michael did say that the top of his range was about seventeen grand or so. So mm-hmm. we're looking fifteen yeah. to seventeen grand is his is his uh, budget price point. I think the the ridge line is interesting. I say that to say this. Look. All three of these, the Ford Sport Track, which is the Explorer with a, with a pickup bed, the Chevy Avalanche, and the, uh, the Ridgeline, all three of these, these are not beauty queen trucks, ladies and gentlemen. They aren't <laughs> well, overly attractive. Not too many but, trucks are, to be honest. Well, fine. But, but here's the thing. I mean, they're stuck in the middle between uh, traditional truck guys don't typically like them. People that uh, would only buy a car or an SUV are never going to consider this car. So it's, it's definitely a niche thing. And, Michael, I like that you're in this niche. I want to say a couple things. Yes, the Ridgeline is not an overly attractive car, but it is incredibly well thought out. They really oh, yeah. sat down. You could, yeah. when, when you get in one or, or play with it, it's a clean sheet of paper car. Mm-hmm. They sat down and went, okay, what does a truck need to do and how can we do it better? And they really did think it through well. That doesn't mean it's for you. I will say this slight against the Ridgeline, though. The interior is pretty just kind of stark and You plastic. can practically hose it out. Really? Yes. I, oh, I hope it has drain plugs because it's not—it's not a luxury car in any no, stretch. No, but it for isn't. kids, what he's talking about, it could work really well. I—they're comfortable. I've—I've only—I've not driven one, mm-hmm. but I've ridden with my friend and his, and they're comfortable. Yeah. They're just sort of like, yeah. So Honda does a truck, okay? Well, I've dri- and I've driven right a few on. of the Honda Pilot, which is actually the the same platform, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's actually pretty good. I mean, again. 
this is not a luxury vehicle. And to be honest with you, I have that same problem with the Ford Sport Track. I like the Ridgeline more than the Sport Track. The Sport Track's fine, especially if you're if you're a guy that likes Ford Explorers. I had a Ford Explorer sure. years ago. It was fine, but it's not a great interior there either. I actually think, if I'm honest, Michael, I think your choice here is the Chevy Avalanche. You but think so? I do, and here's a couple reasons why. Because they are such a niche car, they have had a precipitous drop as used cars. There's a couple things to know about it. You have to get after 07 because the early ones have that terrible GM plastic body mm -hmm. cladding, one of the ugliest things I've ever seen done to a car or truck, honestly. So you've got to go at least 07 because that's when they changed the model year. The styling got better. It still has that truck back, which a lot of people don't like, but it got rid of the body cladding. It finally became decent. And then I've had a lot of experience with this because my dad bought one. Now, mm, that's right. My dad has not made a lot of car choices where I was like, "Good on you, dad." We just have different <laughs> car tastes. But sure. he sought out the Avalanche. He liked it, and then I got to really experience it. And I got to be honest with you, the interesting thing about this thing is it is the best dual personality of these attempts because it's built on the suburban platform. Yeah, it's a suburban with a truck bed is what it is. It doesn't have a solid rear axle. It's independent and of it's the rear. Got, yeah, exactly. It's got the ride quality of a suburban, which is superb. Okay, yeah. once you get it up to speed, of course, it's huge. Once you get it up to speed, it's a fantastic highway cruiser. It would be great for a commute. Obviously, gas mileage is not your concern. But it's, it, it has all of the great things about a Suburban from the front bumper to the back seat. It's a Suburban. But then that mm -hmm. back bed, if you, what you can do with the Avalanche that's interesting is you can drop the wall behind the back bench. Like the Sport Track doesn't have a full bed, and the Ridgeline doesn't really either. But the Avalanche doesn't have a full bed, a full 4x8 bed, unless you can drop the wall behind the rear bench, fold it into the cabin, which is actually designed really well. Now, while that's opened the cabin up, my dad, for example, he lives out in the middle of nowhere. He can put, and he's done this, he can put a full truck bed full of lumber thrown into the back mm -hmm. of this thing with the back bench folded down, and then literally hose out the back, put the back bench back up, and the front of it is this leather-clad Suburban with a truck bed. I, I personally, if you're going to go with one of these hybrids, hmm. 07 or on Chevy Avalanche all day long. You realize that everything we're talking about has a name. All these trucks are named. None of them are alphanumeric. You realize Good that? point. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I, that just right. struck me, you know, sitting yeah. here talking about this. Everything has a, a name. Even the Japanese, it's the Ridgeline. Yeah. Uh, Michael, mm -hmm. you mentioned the Toyota Tundra. The Nissan, um, I want to say Armada, but it's the Titan is their truck. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard. But too now many we're getting things. into full size. We're getting into full size trucks now instead of these hybrid guys. Well, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I, don't I would know. personally, I, I, with the Honda Ridgeline aside, I have not read too many great things about the Tundras and the the um, the Titans. I I don't know that. Maybe you're listening to this and you're driving one now. But it, you know, if you're going truck, it's Ford, GM, or or Ram, really. But in the yeah, I, in I, terms I of what I we're agree. talking about. I really like the Ridgeline idea. I do like that Avalanche idea too. Mm -hmm. um, you think you can get one for seventeen or less? Yes. In that oh, yeah. uh, in that range. I think I think if I think if you can shop sixteen, seventeen, if you really can do that, you can get an 07 or beyond Avalanche, no question in my mind. And that'll tow um, those suburbans can tow more than ten thousand already. It's, so it's a suburban. It's a yeah. suburban with a truck bed. Everything that's good about a Suburban is in there. Now, if you don't like Suburbans, problem, obviously. But I, I think that's your answer. I really do. I mean, they're all marketing exercises, but okay. Mm -hmm. If it works for you, great. And uh, yeah, I think that's a good choice. Um, but we so should uh, keep going, yeah. 
yeah, let's move on to John in Arizona. And he is the guy. This honestly is the most oddball but great request I think we've ever gotten. John has a list of all kinds of cars he's owned. Uh, <laughs> he has no problem wrenching on his own. He loves that. Look he at the list right of now. things that he can do. I mean, he's oh, a full-on mechanic. This is awesome. He's he's got all kinds of things he's owned. He's looking for a car for less than ten grand. This is a tough one. Less than ten grand. Now the stuff he owns right now is little and fast. He's got an eleven GTI, 20, uh, 2011 GTI. He's got he's got a Ford Focus SVT. He's got a Focus wagon. These are small chuckable cars that he uses normally. He's looking for the other end of the spectrum. Under ten grand, he wants a car <laughs> that is a poser car. He has said it here. He wants something. That <laughs> he wants luxury class and a timeless design wrapped in a laughable depreciation. That's what he's looking for. Ten grand of poser car. He wants a a, a parking lot uh, uh, just show off mobile. This is interesting at ten grand. Where are you on this? I love this request. And John John wrote here at the top of his list is the Jaguar XJS. And he said mm -hmm. that XK8s mm -hmm. and XJ8s are cheap but too modern feeling, which I had to laugh yeah. about because that takes us back, I feel like, to like, I don't know, 80s cars, somewhere in there. Maybe. But Maybe. I've, I've got a website for everybody listening, and oh, we no. are not getting paid for this. This is just uh -oh. a, a website I've come across and talked about with friends, and I think this is going to... I think you're going to start shopping here because there's so many good <laughs> things under 10k, and I just I'm looking at two of them right now. <laughs> you're going to love you? this. Where are you? This website is Bring a Trailer, and you've probably oh, heard yeah, of this yeah. site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bringatrailer.com. I'm looking at a 1984 Jaguar XJ6 that's swapped out for a five-speed manual for 6,900 bucks, <laughs> and I found an 83 BMW 745 for like. Seven or eight grand, somewhere in there. A lot of these cars, people are putting money into, and they're they're yeah. running good yeah. and they're pretty good shape. But there's so much under ten grand mm -hmm. on here that's mm -hmm. this. Wow, I never thought of that. Oh yeah, I forgot about that car. Kind mm -hmm. of list. There's John. If you're looking for stuff like this, I say go German because that gets yeah. very oh, expensive yeah, yeah. very quickly. <laughs> I even well, thought of a 928, the, the Porsche 928 that I had. That's I mean, funny because I have two I have two cars on my list that I think are perfect for John, and one right. of them is the Porsche 928. No kidding. I think that's a great call. Because here's the thing. That is the one that is the one that is more than just a poser car. That, yeah, the, the, it is. The, 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 key I, the key I feel to this request is I a car you get for car. ten grand that nobody knows only cost you ten grand. That's the key to this request. It's the car that right. somebody actually walks by in a parking lot and goes, that's a cool car. And they have no idea it's that cheap. And they have no idea that, frankly, it may get out of your garage one weekend a month because it doesn't run that great. But when it's running and when you take it somewhere, people are like, that's a cool car. And they assume it costs you a lot of money. That's the sweet spot for John. And one of them I is agree. the Porsche 928. <laughs> and the 928, to, to, its, to its credit, though, is actually a great car to drive. I loved yours that you had. It is a great car to drive. It can it be expensive to wrench on, but the other thing about it is it's old enough that you can wrench on it. 
you're, yeah, you're getting you're not you know you're not into cars that you just can't figure out you can take a 928 you can get on the internet forums you can just fix the car i think that's a great choice i have one other one but i think the 920 interesting you said that because i thought of that right away for john that's awesome i i i go straight to like early 80s bmw 5 series and 7 series because it checks all these boxes. Look at this. Luxury, class, timeless design, and laughable depreciation. I had I've to got, laugh at that. That's awesome. I can top you. I can all top right. you. I all right. close, but here's the one I actually Uh-oh. think is the topper. And, I, and, and for a brief second, I thought, could you get a Phaeton? I don't know if you get a Phaeton for ten grand, but here's the problem with the Phaeton. I don't know. The Phaeton, the Phaeton is so complex, they had to train special techs to work on them. So your problem with a Phaeton, if you could find one for ten grand, and I don't think you can. I think they're more like twelve. Or they 13, might be too which new is still nothing. as well. But the but the problem but the problem with the Phaeton is a nobody really knows what it is, so your parking lot posing doesn't work. And b if anything breaks, I don't think you're going to be able to fix it, John. So yeah. here was I think I think here's the key. I've found the one. All right, all BM- right. BMW 8 Series. Ooh, that's a good one. The you 840 and 850s. For, exactly. The 850 was a 12-cylinder. 12, 12 now, I don't know that you want the V12. I think that really won't ever leave your garage. But these were expensive cars when they were new. They were the top of the BMW lineup. It's before Bangle oh, came in and really changed the BMW this. styling. You can put interesting wheels on it, and it actually is somewhat timeless. You don't see very many of them. They're cool-looking cars. They have dropped off a cliff in pricing. You know, that that, uh, 840 came with a V8 that I understand was pretty reliable. The V12 was not... The, but the 840s I think the 840, if, if this is how you common. really want to drive, I think you want the 840. But but honestly, man, that I I feel like that is the car because that car looks far more expensive than your 10 grand. When it was new, it was wickedly expensive and you can get them for a song now. I think 8 series Beamer, that's a, what a 90s car and Yeah, done. those are mid 90s. You're right. That is the topper. That is awesome. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Those are mid-90s so, and luxury, and they're fast yes. and comfortable, and you don't see those anymore. It was you like don't. doctors and, and dentists cool car, you know? They're still cool looking, and they have dropped off a yeah. cliff in prices. There's, 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 there, there may be no bottom for that car. I feel like in a couple <laughs> years, they're going to be like the $2,000 BMW 8 Series. But Some I think owner you, might if, actually pay you to take it away. With with ten thousand dollars in your pocket, you could get a nice one. Because I looked it up, oh, you can get a nice good. one for that money. So eight series Beamer. So enjoy that. Enjoy that, John. That's Let funny. us know what you wind up with. I hope <laughs> you find something cool. We should move on for right. Tom. We are doing three tonight. We should move on for Tom. Yeah, New we're gonna York. squeeze this in. Has asked another cool question. He has asked. Okay, he has a two thousand eight Honda Civic Hybrid. Which he says is fantastic for his commute. It gets great gas mileage. He can get into the HOV lane. It has all those great things. But Tom's a guy that is used to autocrossing. He's raced. And he's driving the Civic Hybrid going, wow, this is boring. So his question is, where's the hybrid for enthusiasts? Which is an awfully big question. That's a great question. I'd like to read the list of cars that he's already owned which include a 1990 Thunderbird SC, the Super Coupe. So that was, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was mm-hmm. supercharged. Uh, Todd, you'd appreciate this. The 86 300Z, yours was yep. a 90. So this makes the 86 it, was the generation prior. It was the generation prior generation prior. with that long yeah. hood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, 2000 Z28 manual transmission. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite cars ever. I mean, I had the tester's model of this as a kid. 1988 mm-hmm. BMW M6. 
Those yeah, are so sexy cool looking. So he's mm-hmm. had quite a cross section of various cars. And I'm reading, Tom, what you've uh, written here, and I hope you haven't settled on something yet. Maybe you have. I, I thought of something along the lines of diesels, but your your yeah. big sticking point is the commute that you've got. It's a 120-mile round-trip commute, and so you need that wow. HOV Ouch. pass. And, yes. and it cuts, I'm uh, reading here, 30 minutes worth of traffic out of his commute, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is significant. So huge, it'd be, huge it'd be hard to say. 120-mile commute. Yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be hard to recommend something like, hey, get something fun, but now you don't get to use the carpool lane because you don't have that hybrid. And so mm-hmm. I went searching for eligible vehicles. Um, so far, all I could find was the California, but I'm wondering if it's pretty similar state to state. But there's no diesels on that on this list. It's all the plug-in hybrids, yeah. electrics or hydrogen or you know compressed natural gas kinds of stuff. But yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Where is the hybrid enthusiast car? Only one I can think of is that Tesla Roadster. But they're so expensive and so rare. Yeah, that well, it's and yeah, like an gonna, Elise. That's a the... battery-powered Elise, really. Yeah, and I don't know that 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 is going to do it for for distance. I mean, I know they just did their yeah, what is it, Tesla three Roadster, and you can get it upgraded for a lot of mileage. But those are not cheap cars, and they're not really usable cars either. I mean, as much as I love the Lotus Elise, this is not a hey, let's go commuting car. And while the Tesla Roadster no. is better, I don't know that that's right. I think I think there's a couple options here. First off, if you don't like that Civic Hybrid, it's not interesting enough. You have actually brought it up. You said should you look at the Volt? I think you should look at the Volt. Now at a hundred and twenty mile commute. Yeah, you're only going to be running uh, electric on that for about a third of your commute, but it's going to average right. out to be probably, you know, 45 miles to the gallon average out. And the key thing is that Volt will get that Volt will get you HOV lane. However, I think I've thought of the car on this too. I think there is really? one car that matches this. Really? And I'm curious. Th- when I say it, you're probably you've had more experience and more variations than I have, but this is the car I think is made for Tom, and I can't believe it exists, but here it is. The Honda CRZ. Oh, but that's not. It is a hybrid. It uh, is a hybrid. It's the same hybrid setup as the Honda uh, as the Civic, but you can get a six-speed manual. It has the hybrid system. I'm pretty sure you can get that HOV pass for that car. I'm that not is a fun, chuckable car. List here. Seriously, it's whatever the arb.ca.gov list for eligible vehicles. But this is for California. It could change. All I'm seeing is the Honda Civic stuff. I could swear I've seen that car with those stickers. Maybe I'm insane, but I could swear. That's a great idea, and that engine you can supercharge it, and it's so mm -hmm. fun. You drove the souped-up version. You you drove. You drove. I mean, here's the thing: it's the same underpinnings of hybrid-wise. It's the same underpinnings Mm. as the Civic Hybrid has. It's just it's a much more interesting chassis. You can get as a six-speed manual. We drove it. Watch our review, Tom. We drove it. We did. And yes, it's it's not an amazing sports car, but compared to everything else in this category, it's in a class by itself. Oh yeah, heads and shoulders above the rest of them. That's a great call. What was the What was the version you drove at track day? It was, was um, I can't remember the exact name, but it was the supercharged mm-hmm. um, from the was factory. Was it the HPD or whatever? It was. It was the factory. It was the factory, it. It was the factory yeah. uh, souped up version. And and you got out of that car. I remember I was shocked because I was like, oh, CRZ, that'll be fun on the track. That will be great. I'm going to drive something else. And then you got out of it and were like, I want to take that car out again. You were laughing getting out of it. It was car. so fun. I was. I had the wheel cranked over and I was steering with the throttle through three corners. It was so yeah. much fun. I. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I'm going, I thought there were, you know, there's so many other better cars. We had that Jag uh, F-Type Coupe out there and mm-hmm. oh, all these other cars. Stuff. And I came away 
driving that CRV going, I really like this car. It's a lot of fun. I'm not seeing it on this list, which is bumming me out because I really like that idea. I'm I just. Think, I think uh, there's some, some more research involved because mm. I don't. I can't think of a single reason why that car wouldn't work HOV access. You'd have to check in your area, Tom, and see what is valid. Because, like I say, underneath the underpinnings, it is the Civic Hybrid uh, yeah. tech in there. It's just a much better chassis for an enthusiast, and it has that great Honda six-speed manual. In spite of the fact they don't have the S2000 anymore in their lineup, that is kind of where that S2000 lives on, is that great six-speed gearbox that they have. I remember heel-toeing in that car. I remember chucking the stock version, not even the high-performance version. I remember chucking the stock version around and being genuinely impressed with it, mm-hmm. especially considering it is a hybrid. Now, that is a car for a hyper niche buyer. I don't think that car is ever going to sell well, but Tom, that means no. you can probably get a, yourself a deal on it. I think look at the Honda CRZ. That may answer your question. That's really interesting. I that that makes me think I, I this doesn't exist, but I wish that Mini Cooper made some sort of hybrid because those are fun to drive and if it made yeah. some sort of car that qualified for the HOV pass, that would be well, cool. Well, they make the Mini that would be e, the answer. Wickedly expensive to lease, and they never yeah. have a greater greater range. I, yeah, I don't think that's, that's funny you mentioned leasing though, because that was my next point. Is I, I thought mm, about mm. Uh, the Tesla Model S and reading about leasing those, because you can lease the base model for eight hundred and thirty some dollars a month. I know that's expensive, and Tom, you didn't it write is. in telling us your budget, but true, we found that car pretty fun to drive. I mean, for what it is, you know. We liked it. We enjoyed it. And yeah. that would solve your problem. And it's a lease. Now, I'm sure yeah. you can get the more high mileage lease since you do have a huge commute there. But I, yeah, I thought be of, because hmm, I thought of the Tesla Roadster initially and I thought, I wonder what sure. you could lease a Tesla for or maybe pick up somebody's lease on, uh, you know, other shows that I've recommended, the Swap a Lease stuff or Lease Trader, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pick up somebody's lease that they want to get out of. And that would, that would still get you in the HOV lane. Because again, I keep coming back to, what can we think of? We can think of a zillion fun cars, but suddenly you're yeah. slogging on traffic with everybody else and you don't get that fun HOV yeah. experience. Yeah, that's, a, that's a key thing. That's a key that you thing. you kind I mean, of have to have, you know? The, the, Volt, the Volt is not an enthusiast car, but it honestly, every time I've driven one, I've been surprised at what a good car it is in general. So I think you should at least drive that so mm-hmm. you have a frame of reference versus your Civic Hybrid. But dig, man, on that Honda CRZ wow. because I I could swear I could swear I've seen them with the HOV stickers for California. Maybe I'm really I'm insane, but I feel like I have. I think if that if that works for HOV lane, I think that may be the sniper shot of the night. I really think so. I love that suggestion. I'm looking. I'm searching this list, and it just, huh? I yeah. I get get back to us, Tom. Tell us if that works in New York because I would love to get you. If nothing else, go drive that car and see if see if that might that mm-hmm. might bridge the gap for you because that's a tough request and, and that's the problem. We don't have enough of that yet. I think that reality is coming, but it doesn't exist enough yet. You we had some great done, ideas tonight. I love that. I don't. I, I I'm on tonight. I don't know what's up with yeah. You, you are. We have just that's done. Awesome. <laughs> we have just done three. That's right. Three car debates. The reason we wanted we to get squeeze three it in, in tonight is because uh, starting next week we're going to do a uh, a great request we had from you guys. Instead of just doing car debates, we're going to start going through all the major manufacturers 
and and talking about what enthusiast options exist in each of their lineups. Since sometimes we end yeah. up in the same ruts, we're going to go through all of the marquees. Uh, we're going to walk our way through all of those. We are still going to do some news and some other stuff. But this reminds me, if you have an idea for a car-related thing or question you want us to talk about, throw it out there. It doesn't have to be a car debate of, hey, I'm buying this. If you've got something car-related you want us to discuss, we're listening. And that is the reason we're going to do uh, all, walking through all the manufacturers. We're going to take a few weeks to do that. That starts yeah. next week right here at the beginning of 2015. Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, just a reminder on uh, I hope you've gotten a chance to watch Mid-Engines and Mountains. If you haven't, you can rent that on Vimeo, but you can also buy the Blu-ray on Amazon. And a special request from Todd and I, if you would rate that on Amazon and give us some Please. feedback and some reviews. We're looking for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that just helps other people looking on there say, you know, maybe they've heard of us, maybe they haven't. But we would love yeah. it if you watch that video. We're getting uh, some great comments already, but we're looking for more. And uh, that mm -hmm. makes me also think of, um, we've we've talked about this on earlier shows, is turn off your ad blockers, if you would, for us on YouTube. Oh, on you, YouTube. Yes, you, please. Uh, watch some videos. We haven't mentioned that for a while, but, but that would mm -hmm. uh, help us tremendously. And you can find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook and all the usual suspects for social media. If but, you're looking uh, for us, it is always yeah. slash Everyday Driver. So yeah. please find us there. If you want to send in a car debate or an idea for a show, that is Everyday Driver TV. Don't forget the TV. Everyday Driver TV at Gmail is how to reach us. Thank you to all of you that are sending emails. Yeah. Thank you to all of you that have already rated the new film or even the 9-11 film. We've had a lot of good ratings, especially on Vimeo. We're just running a little light so far on Amazon. And uh, our 9-11 piece actually has far more ratings and reviews on Amazon than it does on Vimeo. We'd like our Amazon rating. If you've seen the Blu-ray, uh, even if you've seen the movie and you just do a lot of Amazon ratings, jump on there. That would be great. Thanks for that reminder, Paul, to get on there and re review that movie for us. Uh, we appreciate your help there. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, looking forward to talking to you again next week. Yeah.